Hello and welcome to Every Day with an Angel. And I hope to be helping you doing what you're doing because we're all in the midst of doing life and the story. And I just forgot to move my drum. <laughs> I'm going to go move it because I know I want to honor it, but yet the singing bowls are kind of doing their thing. So here, I'm going to move this. Um, Oh, maybe I need to do the drum. That's why I was thinking. Um, but Regan's going to be here soon. So here's a drum. And I'm hoping that that helps you. I know that kind of sometimes can affect people differently. But here's the singing bowls. start the show. So welcome. I'm grateful you're here. And for those that are going to be coming on, I appreciate it as the show just started. And I'm Natasha Venter. I'm an intuitive medium. I am one who really likes to support you through their journey. And a lot of people say, what hat are you going to wear today? Well, today's the hat of finding out what the body is talking about. Regan is going to be here. But he had a client that he texted me earlier today and said that, well, they came in a little bit late. They showed a, they arrived a little bit late, so the session might run a little bit late, but he might will be popping in here. And um, I'm grateful whenever he can be here. So with that, today's show, oh, here he is. Here he is. Hi, Regan. Hi. I popped you in as you're getting a drink, but here we are. Yeah. I had to have a little bite of peanut butter. <laughs> I just had a, a five-hour session. We started a little bit late, so but I'm lucky. It, uh, <clears throat> it was a very unique uh, session. This woman's amazing. Just, you know, seems like she's um, an off-planet person. You know, I mean, not vanilla at all. You know, very, very in, in search of herself. And I told her, I gave her... Um, information for the podcast she just left and i said because they came up from southern california both of them have sessions her today and him tomorrow mm -hmm. we were just we got stuck in the session there was some you know otherworldly stuff that happened but um there was some resistance there so i told her i says well if she's out and about if she quakes in where her and her boyfriend are that i would maybe um have you see what you sense from her what her blockage blocks are or something, you know? Okay. I, and, I can do that. Um, all this pain and getting worse in her shoulders and stuff. And I said, well, this is what we're talking about today. Yes. The body yeah. is so amazing right now and people are not paying attention to their bodies and they, we've been up in the head a lot over the years and, yeah. you know, and I'm, I'm an intuitive medium. I actually read the body quite well. Um, my dad was a chiropractor, so I grew up at the age of five, him going to chiropractic school. So with that, that I have learned about the body, the energies of the body. Hi, Paula. Glad you're here on time. And thank you for being here, Paula. Glad you're here. Um, and so I, I've known about the body's energy. My dad used to use me as a surrogate muscle tester. I remember being very young and somebody who was um, hurt you know, I put, he says, put your hand right here and then, you know, push here, push here, push, uh, you know, you know, oh, there we are. Okay. So we need to work yeah. on here. Right. So, 
you know, I've learned about the body in many different ways. And I know that you have, you know, through your hypnotherapy, clinical hypnotherapy, and hi, Veronica, and you doing the work that you're doing here that, that, you know, it's, it's one of those things that going forward, <laughs> that I know <laughs> right. you're perfectly imperfect in this show. And that's one thing that I love about being on the show is, is that we're all human and we all got to do it, but that's what we like yeah. to talk about is the humanness that we're in. Right. right. Um, and so, so you know, going going into the body, you know, I was got, just got done dealing with the, the sniffles, I call it. Everybody else was getting bombarded by fevers and colds and stuff. And I know I have a great immune system, but at the same time, though, my body was telling me I had to deal with the, the <laughs> sniffles. And so I was really working on staying healthy. I had that mindset. And you know, and then I doubled up on vitamins and a lot of people say, well, my food has enough. And I go, yeah, but when your body is taxed, it's amazing how we need to take care of it just a little bit more. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of things that have been, we've been sitting in with energy and with, um, with, uh, you know, just past life stuff, you know, and past life could be two years ago. Right. Seems like time is moving so fast that you know what are we gonna do with this energy that we feel right now, right? So with that, you know, I'm hoping that that you know if they're watching that you know they can get a little bit more you know insight on who they are and what they're doing because you know it, you know it's about trust a lot of times you know and that's one thing when I had a session with you that I had to use the word I'm trusting the process I'm trusting the process I'm trusting the process. You know, right. and I'm when I'm getting a massage, I'm trusting the process. I'm trusting, um, uh, uh, you know, it's, um, I, uh, so, um, you know, it's one of those things. So, uh, it's Amanda. Uh, so hi, Amanda. Um, so is this, is this Amanda who just finished the session or is this another Amanda? No, if she does. So. Yeah, no, I feel like it's Amanda, Amanda. Um, so, you know, going into this, that, you know, you know, we're taking on so much of our knowings and stuff. And, you know, there's so many things I know that I have over the last couple months been really working on a lot of things that were in my childhood. Um, uh, yes, um, same Amanda. Um, okay. you know, yeah. So welcome, Amanda. Thank you for watching us. And, you know, I, even me have been stirring up a lot of things from even my childhood and working through a lot of that PTSD, ADHD scenario. And I had actually a show on the PTSD and ADHD um, trauma. I'm not talking about like in the army type of PTSD or the, or the, um, you know, rape or, or, you know, trauma, the, the big trauma. I'm talking about the little traumas that we go through that creates the PTSD. And, um, hi there. Um, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things that going forward that you know, we don't know where we're going with life. And, and so with that, that if you're getting stirred up, it's the time for us to clear things out. And what a gift that they had, they came to have a session with you and, and it, it will pay off. I know that me, even me being the medium and doing the work I do, the session that Regan, you know, gave me, there, there was one thing that we just walked over a past life that, or a dimensional life that we walked over. And I'm giving, going back and visiting her, uh, me in another dimension and saying, how can I get my tool, get some of those tools? So yeah. She's the perfect one today because um, um, Amanda, I'm going to tell just a little, you know, when she came in today, she has a lot of 
pains in her shoulders and everything and it's it's been there and it just keeps getting worse and worse and um um amanda uh uh formulate a question for natasha about your uh pain in your shoulders and stuff and see what she can maybe come up with because what we're talking about today is how when we have different pains and things in our body it's usually a manifestation of something that's out of balance in our in our emotional self a lot of times and it uh different um problems that we have show up in different places now it's not always that but it's gen you know we can generally get some feeling like i had a, a client and she was raspy and when i had her close her eyes and i said well this this um pain that you're feeling and everything like this um uh this emotional pain you think where does it feel like it's coming from and she goes oh it's all you know it was all it was like here uh-huh and um come to find out that um as we did more therapy that one of her biggest problems was is ever since she was a child it seemed like everybody she ran into was telling her to shut up you know mm -hmm. like when you're a child and you want to say something the parents shut you down you know shut and, down. and that's happened a couple times in her past lives yeah and so a lot of times when we get into that and she was also hung in a past life and there's been a lot of tra neck trauma third vo the the voice the the throat chakra you know trauma and so when we go into that 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 there's a lot of that that doesn't want to speak our truth because we've been taught to keep it well, dimmed down right what are, what i uh, did in a few sessions is we worked on boundary setting and that and uh, her her learning to speak up when she has something to say and make sure that people don't shut her down and after a few months um and she was practicing, especially with her boyfriend, her husband, who would always finish her sentences. You know, she would start speaking and then she would get pushed aside and he would finish them. And um, after um, a few months, uh, it all got better. You know, you know, just all the all the tightness went away and everything there because she began speaking up, you know, that mm -hmm. way. Um, so um, I know, you know, more than I do, especially about that, uh, you know, the body thing, because I know in other set, other shows we've had, you've talked about that and done some studying on that yeah and and when we have this up in here you know it could come from the base of the neck my dad being a chiropractor so i'll look at it a little bit chiropractic you know we can be out in the neck you know the thoracics we can be out in the middle of the back you know energetically um we can also ha you know like my husband energetically i'd keep taking the metaphorical the knife out of his back because every time he became more empowered he would metaphorically keep stabbing this knife in his back that he did in past lives that he had a knife in his back from um doing being a warrior right but that you know metaphorical every time he became more empowered he would metaphorically put that knife back in which would put that energetically in there and then then um body wise he would get out of adjustment he would go into muscle spasms he would go into pain he would have pain coming down his arms right because of the and it's not sometimes it's not one problem people don't always have one scenario oh it's the chiropractor or you know you're out or you have this or you have that sometimes it's all, all in faceted and that's yeah. one thing that I love about this book. Now, oh, Louise yeah. Hayes also has a book, um, you know, Your Body. But I like Ina Siegel. She's from um, from uh, uh, Australia, I think. And I like the way that she works through this. And 
going into the story of our body. And I, what I like about her is, is that she gives some language for it. And I know that Louise Hayes also does have language, but, and, but a lot of times there's a metaphor for who we are and what we're doing. And so let's go into, this is a perfect example. So let's go into, would you call it shoulder pain or neck pain? Uh, Amanda, would you call it more like, is it more shoulder or low neck? Um, but let's go into, uh, <coughs> shoulder here. Do, 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 do. And I can tell you that every, like when I, okay, if you look at my back through like about here, it's kind of where my, my, um, shoulder blades come down. Well, that's lungs and liver in that area. It represents that area. So look at how your, um, I always kind of look at how my, how am I breathing and what is my liver being taxed by? Right. Mm -hmm. Um, so going into that, that, uh, let's see, we're going to go into, let me go into, I skipped right over it as I was talking. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes? Right. Um, so going into this, there, there is a lot going in. Um, but I'm going to ask you, Amanda, if you are, um, holding on to a lot of people's now you haven't really given, I, I, you know, I got permission through Regan, so I'm just going to give you the yeah. light stuff. You're, we're not going into a session here. This is not deep, but I would ask you, how much are you holding on to other people's ideas and other people's, and, and the word that wants to come to me intuitively is shame. How many other people's and how many, it's like a backpack on your shoulders. How many rocks of other people's stuff including your stuff, but other people's beliefs are you still holding on to? And, and it, you know, it's that transforming it and brushing it away can help. Uh, so, uh, let's see, I've had chronic, um, scapular shoulder discomfort and I noticed over working as an ER nurse and has come and gone over the years. However, this last year, this time I, travel contract was canceled and I, and I have been. She's writing more, I think. Yeah. yeah I know she, that's one thing on YouTube that you can't, you can't write a whole bunch. You can only write so much. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, so let me go into, let me go back into scapula then. Um, and that's the thing is, is that you being a nurse, oh my gosh, how much have you been covering, carrying other people, right? <clears throat> How, um, okay. So, uh, let's see here. Um, off work for almost two and a half months. I've been getting regular, pro um, professional massages and acupuncture without much relief. Okay. And I'm going to stop there on that conversation. Okay. So if we've been doing something, we haven't gotten much relief, then I would really look at where's your emotional base. Where's your nervous system? base because a lot of us are being hindered by our nervous system wanting to stay in protection. And, um, and so like when I go into a massage, I, I automatically have to start saying, I trust, I trust, I trust, I trust, relax. I trust I'm releasing what I can with grace and ease. I'm releasing and shifting what I can with grace and ease. And this is the mantra that I use during the time. Cause if we go in and go, I'm expecting some relief. I'm expecting some relief. Well, what are we working on? 
right? We have to work on that emotional ner nervous system, right? Um, so going into that without much relief, I, I kind of described that. And the other night I had an out of the uh, ordinary dream where I was uh, yeah, I was, yes, there. It's very interesting what she, she, the experience she had in her dream, which I thought you might have a good interpretation for too. Okay, so then if you want to, um, so um, can you give permission for Regan to talk about that real quick? Um, a yes or a no, please, um, on that dream, and then, um, then I can kind of analyze it for you. Uh, um, so, and then I'm gonna look up scapula. If I a lot of a lot of changes going on in her life. I think for, for the good though, she's amazing. She's a really good soul. <clears throat> and <clears throat> have you noticed that too, um, Natasha? Like when big when big changes are coming in your life, that there's a lot of your life for a while kind of falls apart. Yes. <laughs> So Definitely. Um, yes. Um, have you have permission? Uh, woke up with uh, a damnal. I cannot speak today. My tongue is like okay. not one. Go ahead. Okay. Woke up with abdominal sharp numbing pain all the way down my arm. Yeah, she. It's when she was telling me about it um, in the dream. It was like she grabbed on. There was a bunch of energy there, and she like grabbed onto it. And then as she woke up, she had this, it was like shooting pain all the way down, uh, you know, to, her hand got even numb, you know, mm -hmm. it, it even aggravated her for uh, her other stuff. <clears throat> Abnormal. There we go. <laughs> well, I'm dyslexic. I'm just going to tell you, I'm dyslexic. So Regan has learned to read for me. <laughs> Yeah, even you who could even said it right, and I would have been, you know, off on it. Um, uh, uh, scapular region has been um a ton to do with the posture issues. So going into this, that um, okay. So I'm gonna hold off on trying to look up on my book. Okay. Okay. So going into this, that um. Amanda, I want you to remember that you're in a process of needing to trust. And this is going to be a, a quick reading here. You're going in the process of, of learning to trust. And like, um, like Paula said, um, thank you, Paula. Region has a ton to do with posture issues. So, you know, posture, if you look at the word posture, it's like, how are we standing up in our life? How are we trusting to stand in our own strength? How are we how are we trusting to stand into our empowerment? How are we trusting to stand? But when we stand up and hold our shoulders back, right, we're becoming our own empowerment and <clears throat> we're releasing other people's empowerment. We're releasing other people's things, other people's beliefs, other people's stories, right? And a lot of times right now, the universe is pulling us away from what we used to do to get us into where we're going. So going into this, uh, Amanda, what I'm what I'm wanting you to know is is that okay. Going back, there's something about you. Okay, these are just some words here um, that I'm not going to go into depth because it's not it's not a big. I'm not going to do an hour session here. It's just a quick little step in. There's are times when and I see you at three, seven, 14, and 18 are the ones, 17, 18 years. So those are the years that I see you in. 
that you struggled with I would check in with the word that's coming to me. And like I said, this is going to be really quick. So I cannot discern and I cannot go into big details. Um, and I'm going to kind of pull back a little bit here. Um, becoming a caregiver. Being a caregiver. So you had knew that you had to take care of things. You had to negotiate things. You had to take on the people. Other, you had to take on other people. You had to become the perfectionist. You had to become the whatever that tone is. And, and remember, perfectionism can be 100% or it can be 5%. So wherever you're out on that scale, we're all, we all have perfectionism perfectionism in us. But at the same time, though, we have to, we have to look at where that's at. And then I'm going to come back to the word shame. Uh, and you know, you becoming a nurse became, you became a caregiver again. So I would invite you to look at the words being a giver of care, changing your, your faith, your, your present presentation of who you are as being a giver of care. So you, you can do that. Um, and then when you look at here, right in here, right. And I've had a lot of scenarios in that, that when we, when we not our true self and dear, you're an angel. So when we don't let our wings out and we don't let our wings shine and we don't let our angel self be ourselves. Now we're all different parts of us. Our soul is all different parts. Like I said, this is a quick version that, and Regan can kind of explain a little bit more what I'm talking about tomorrow that, you know, going into this, that you're ability to be who you are let your wings work how how do you confine yourself how do you how do you have to stay in in the strands of what you're supposed to be that perfectionism right let yourself breathe let yourself out let yourself maneuver to be your better self right and when you go to that dream and you held on to energy right and you got this sharp energy. Well, what is it? And I don't have the full detail of your dream. Can you, is there more detail of the dream, Regan, that she told you? Well, there are some more details, which I don't remember all, but I, I remember the, the gist of it was is this energy bolt or this whatever, you know, was that she wasn't like observing or anything. She was interactive with it and grabbing onto it, you know, and felt the, felt the energy. Um, I, I just see her as a person. I mean, I'm not as in, I mean, I'm learning to be in, you're teaching me to be more intuitive or whatever, but she just, I was so impressed with her today because it, she looks like she's like on the verge of flying, of taking off to being really great in her life, you know, cause she's had a lot of, a lot of negativity in her life, you know, from people that are pulling, constantly pulling down on her. And you know? that's that, and that's that being, you know, holding on to other people's shame under other people's stuff, you know, that you get pulled in and you keep carrying other people's negativity and, and yeah. that, that, that story, the other, I should, instead of the shame, maybe I should say other people's stories. Yeah. And she's, um, yeah, she's tired of it now. You know, so she's starting to really just, Hey, you know, I'm going to be my own person now, you know, I mean, Congratulations, you're you're graduating, and that's that's that part of that energy is is that 
the universe I'm getting is, is that they were get, and I got this even before Regan evolved a little bit more with it, but I was getting that, that this energy was part of the universe, giving you back your energy that was sapped out of you. And okay. I understand that that energy isn't always comfortable and it's going to break things apart, which is not always comfortable. <laughs> and, and it's not going to be like when I have a migraine, I always ask for my body, my brain to be rewired and the nervous system to be rewired for the greater good. Instead of going into the oh pain of it, I try to go into being rewired. You know what, what image I just got? Um, it's when you said that it might make sense with her, too, because like even in the Bible, when when St. Paul had uh, an awakening uh, and it's like a lightning bolt hit him and knocked him off his horse and he had to go for 40 days in the desert. In other words, it was it was so much power knocked him off his horse, but that was his wake up call. You know, that was his change in that way. So maybe it has something to do with that, because I don't know. I really feel she's she's getting in for some good stuff if she just hangs in there, you know. And she's that's the thing is we it's a it's about flipping ourselves inside out almost. And and it's not easy to take our skin off of what we've been and put it and and to have that new skin underneath. And I'm getting the chills as when I'm talking about this. I mean, it's like, it, it, <laughs> it's rising up. Yeah. So Amanda, remember, it's about trusting though. Because we have to be vulnerable. We yeah. have to be, we, and I'm using the word I ha have to, because I can understand that the only way to get through is we have to be able to trust the process and good yeah. job being called to be with Regan here. Who's the most, oh my gosh, I just, I love you, Regan. You're just the most kindest, more, I mean, but you've had to learn to stand on your own two feet too, you know? And 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 finding the balance. And so, Amanda, remembering that it's all about energy. And that's the thing is, is that when I'm, because I've had a lot of shoulder pain in my lifetime. I mean, my hands have actually turned blue. I've had where things have been cut off. The energy has been cut off and in my armpits and in my neck and that stuff. So I understand discomfort. I mean, I, I can't still sometimes hold on to a pot. I have to, you know, if I'm filling up a pot, I usually have to balance it on the side of the sink a little bit. And so with that, but what I've learned is, is that that's part of my, um, not holding on to life, right? That I, it's about, holding on to it fully. And I know for me that, that there's been a lot of things that I cannot do. Right. But what I can do though, is, is that I can, um, have help doing it. It's not time to do it alone. And so, um, Paula, thank you very much for bringing this in. Um, good posture with shoulder blades back and down, tuck the chin. This will help the chakra align as well. Thank you. That's huge. Yes. Thank you. And then Amanda says, yes, I agree. Working towards it every day. You both are so lovely. Thank you. Appreciate your insights too, Paula. You know, it, it's, it, it, you know, it, it's amazing. Um, but when we're going into something like this, we have to know what we're holding on to sometimes is greater than us, right? It's greater than us. And when something is greater than us, I ask for divine healing on this. I take myself out of the control and I take myself, even me who has the insights, right? Take myself out of the control and I ask for divine healing on this. 
And then I metaphorically start taking things off, putting it into the blue flame of life, right? Take it off energetically, right? And you want to, and if you're painful here, you're going to be where you want to stretch this out here, right? You're going to want to stretch this out here, but be careful. Little bits at a little time, you've been in structure of pain. And so when you're in discomfort, your body has been, your nervous system, remember we're working with the nervous system too, right? Because the nervous system wants to be in protection, right? That the nervous system that's been protective of you, it's going to need to be practiced to be safe. So do little movements, right? Little movements, like Paula was saying, bring your chin back, shoulders back. I wouldn't go 100% doing it. I would do it a little bit and a little bit. And then practice a little bit more, right? And so going into this, that our bodies are really telling us that what are we holding on to? And a lot of our pain and discomfort in our body is stress, other people's intentions, other people's knowings, other people's expectations, other people's things and or that hinders us from moving on, like our knees, right? Our knees are about flexibility. Our knees are about um, are about moving. It's about lifting up and moving, right? And if we're not willing to get lift up and make that next step, we might have discomfort in our knees. Also, our legs are great energy releasers. So if we get gummed up energy, you know, like we can here, I know us women, like I, I do a lot of this where I go down and under my breasts and then up underneath my arms and then I pull on my arms, right? To release that energy because there's that flow, right? Well, how much have you been releasing the tension of the energy in your body? Every shower I go in through this process and I make sure with the water energy to, to release, just like if you scratch your back to wash it, what are you taking off? Who else are you taking off? How many people have you carried? How many people, you know, uh, Amanda, how many people have you witnessed not surviving and your love, you, you, your heart broke for them, right? How many times did your heart break for them? Well, instead of saying your heart breaks for them, say, my love hurts for you. My love hurts for you. My heart is safe, right? My love is, my heart is safe. But my, love, pain, yeah. Yeah. my love is the one that goes to you. My heart goes to you. No, my love goes to you. The love of the angels goes to you. So keep your body yours, right? And move on. One thing that I'm just thinking of in our, um, since she's given me permission here today, um, there were some cool things that were happening in her session, but she was seeing mostly energies on the other side, but they were not real well formed. And it was kind of like there was like, like they would kind of come and kind of go. And she finally got this feeling inside that there was a blockage of some sort keeping her from going further or from things being clearer or something. Can you pick up anything about? what she might be working on that she's there's part of her that's that's holding her back from just letting it happen you know the thing that i come back to is trust and it's that trust of self it's the trust of the universe it's trust of the path in life it's the trust that i'll be okay mm -hmm. 
There's sometimes where I wonder if I'm going to be okay. And I have to look back and say, hell, I've always survived it. Yeah. And uh, one thing that's good though, I mean, there's, um, you know, she's attracted a good relationship in her life where she finally has somebody that's, um, uh, she can, that talks to her, that's trusting, that's kind, and it's so totally different than what she's been used to. So to me, that's a sign of this new, I think she's going to be attracting all kinds of good people like that in her life. But that's the thing is, is that we have to believe that we're worthy and deserving of it. Yeah. And that's another place is I'm worthy of being healed. I'm worthy of great health. You know, I have healed a lot of my body stress. Like if I went and, and um, let's say if I rub my back on something, I can turn my hands pink, pink and blue and purple, right? My fingers, they're, my fingers are constantly always swollen. You know, it depends on what I eat, but they're always swollen because of, of the stress that is here. But what I've done is I say, hey, body, let's go forward here. I'm ready to heal. We may always, I may always need to recognize you. I may always need to be conscious of you. I may always need to communicate with you. Hey, we're going to go out and do yard work today. I promise to not do the really heavy lifting that you don't want me to do, but we're going to do some stuff. And then on the next day, I'll take care of you and not do as much, right? Yeah. And so it's that communication with the body. You know, and, and Amanda, when was the last time you asked your shoulders what's wrong? Oh, yeah. Kind of start communicating with your body, huh? See what you get. Communicate with the body. Because mm -hmm. sometimes when I communicate with that part of my shoulders and, and the stress, it says, you've always done so much that we needed to tamper you back. Right? And so, oh, okay. I need to be tampered back. But what does that mean? Does that mean that I have to stay back 100%? Or can I just stay back, honor you, and not lift up the 50-pound bag of, of rocks, right? Okay. But I can, can I lift up the 20-pound bag of, of cat litter instead? Mm -hmm. You know, I don't need to do 100%. I can do a minimum. I can do less of it, but I need to do something. And so I'm going to honor you because I don't have to go 100% into this, right? So, um. The one thing that I've also understood that when I, my husband would take, have to take off my shirt because I couldn't move my arm to take off my shirt. My, he says, yours, I can watch the spasms go across your shoulder blades. Wow. Zing, 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 right? So I understand, Amanda, the, 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 the body aching like that. But the one thing that I did, what I realized was, is that I had to walk through the wall of pain. A lot of people stay at this side of the pain, right? But they don't walk to the other side of the pain and ask the pain to walk with them. Be friendly with that. Work into it. And a lot of times when we can work into what we're working with, we can really find more grace with way. And that's one thing I always ask for is grace and ease with knowledge. Grace and ease with knowledge, right? Yeah, I had um, another example of, um, and I want to see what 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 you know about this. I had a client that he has. There's a name for this, and it's a Swedish name, but it's where you you don't have enough tear tears. So he has he walks around all day with putting tears in his eyes, and he has no um, 
saliva like in his mouth. He just had to have eight teeth pulled because uh, of that. And um, when we got to the other side, we went before the council and we asked for a healer. The, the healer in heaven comes up to him and he asked, okay, why do I have this issue? And he just said, it's because of the hatred you have for your father. And um, which is true. He's, he's never really got along with his dad since he was so a kid. He can't cry. He can't cry for what? About that. He can't cry for it. He hasn't allowed himself to go to the other side of being a man. Huh. To allow himself to, to mourn uh, that he doesn't have the kind of father that he. Yeah, talking. exactly. The grief that. The grief that he has, like I'm, like I was talking to someone who's walking down the path, and and um, I go, "Hi, how are you? You're looking like there's something bothering you." And and people just sometimes blurt out something to me because <laughs> they trust me. And and he says, "Yeah, I, my father, or my my birth dad just passed away, and and I and I'm more sad about it than I thought I would be." Hmm. And I said, because you're, and I said, can I give you something? Because you're grieving the, the dream that you had. You're grieving the, the, mo, the man that you wanted to have. You're grieving your, your little, your, your, your little kid in you is dreaming that you, of that person that you wish that would have driven up and picked you up when you were younger. You're, dream, you're grieving this idea of this person. And when we go past the pain, the, the anger, which is actually pain, which is actually sorrow, which is actually fear. And a lot of people are angry instead of sad. It's a defense mechanism. Mm -hmm. And so when you think of somebody really angry, ask the question, what are they sad about? And be willing to accept that, you know, it's manly to cry. It's manly to cry. And I know that's going against a lot of generational belief system. But I'm going to tell you, it's manly to cry. Oh, yeah. You don't have to do it out in the front of, you know, 150 people, right? But we can cry. Yeah. It's okay. Women do it much easier. <laughs> yeah. I am getting a lot better at it, but I'm still a little self-conscious about it. But that happened with just doing, you know, shadow work for years and years and and when i went to the anger management thing for three years in a row you know mm -hmm. three years every thursday night and um a lot of them you know um things we're talking about a lot of us men's anger comes from is that we stuff everything because we're, we're not allowed to cry according you know society says you're weak or you're something wrong with you exactly. and always say how's that working for you guys you know and we go no not very good and that's why do you think so many men have heart attacks because they've had to close up their heart yeah. chakra oh, right true. yeah mm -hmm. they had to close down their heart they couldn't feel right mm -hmm. or they have brain aneurysms or brain problems or dement or it's because you know they're not able to think fully they're not able to appreciate who they are fully right yeah well, and, you know, it's even interesting now when I look back at the hundreds of, of people I've helped to visit the afterlife, uh, about 70 percent of them are women. You know, about 30 percent that come for these sessions are men and and 70 percent are women. So that has to say something pretty cool about women, I think, you know, that your hearts are a lot more open. They're a lot more vulnerable. You know, uh -huh. us men are afraid to be vulnerable, you know. 
um, and and that sort of thing. So, um, yeah, just just an observation there. And what about now uh, stomach issues? It seems like a lot of my clients now, a lot of their when I'm doing the tapping with them and I have them think of a, of a problem of some abuse or something they've suffered. And I have them, it says, okay, when you're feeling from a scale of one to 10, this energy that how bad it is. And they'll say, oh, it's a seven or an eight. I know it's something pretty serious. And I'll say, where do you feel it in your body? And the vast majority of people seem to feel it in their, in their gut, in their stomach. You know, that's where the pain shows up in their body. Mm -hmm. uh, um, uh, past abuses and things. Um, that's the most common place, I think, where a lot of us hold uh, stuff. But I, I don't know what that what that means exactly. You know why? Well, they... the stomach is the stomach is the third chakra, right? And basically, it's how do we feel about others, mm. and how do others feel about us? And it's a lot of that perception. So it's a lot of the um, uh, if you're empaths, right? Mm -hmm. If you're if you're an empath and you okay so doing I've been doing a course and this course came up with a study and I need to get the name of the study but 80% of the nervous system reads the world around us Wait a minute 80% of the what now No 60% is it 80 or 60 percent of the of the the nervous system reads the messages around our world The Re rest is the mind Oh. So the body gives messages to the mind more than the mind gives messages to the body. Oh. Right? And a lot of us take in the energies through the third chakra. Which is the stomach area. Which is the stomach area. Also, I would like to ask somebody, how are you digesting your life? Actually, no, too. You know, <clears throat> when somebody gets, um, I've seen some, you know, times when people get the news that somebody they cared about has died or something. First thing they do is they grab their stomach and mm -hmm. they kind of fall to their knees. Mm -hmm. So it shows you that you're, that's so what observation is. So that energy just comes right in there and it gets or what happens um, when people see something traumatic. First thing they do is they throw up, you know. Mm -hmm. something that they've seen so okay so stomach i'm gonna read i'm gonna read part of my book okay, okay. difficulty digesting life <laughs> uh, assimilating new information feeling stuck in a pattern of fear limitation worry <laughs> guilt despair wow behaving behaving in superior arrogant controlling way thinking that you are better than others or feeling inferior and second best. At times, self-obsessed and demanding, wanting everything your own way. Difficulty expressing yourself and dealing with rejection. Feeling attacked like you've been punched in the stomach. So those are possible contributions. Man, that's a lot that covers so you can see why that's that covers a lot of different areas there yes exactly so the way to do this is to put your hand on your stomach place your intention where your stomach is right and then ask for divine healing intentions <laughs> um, i ask you to release all despair arrogance whatever you're feeling right um uh uh 
I asked to release all despair and try I I like to use the word release or transform because I understand that sometimes when we transform darkness to light it turns gray to light right but it has to go through the transformation of the process of healing more than just saying ah you're going to fly off into the air right sometimes it's easier for us to picture it transforming so if i can give that to people is is ask for energy to transform so fear transform into trust right um it's like growing um uh, misunderstanding going into understanding uh um unrespect of life into respecting of life so you're transforming it right um uh, attached to my, so, um, divine intelligence, I ask you to release or transform all worry, arrogance, guilt, and attacked from my stomach, as well as points of view of all patterns and the positive and the negative charges that contribute to this condition. And then repeat the word clear, clear, clear. Okay. And then the shoulder. Okay, Amanda, if you're still here, I'm going to read this. Remember, we can always rewatch this, right? So shoulders. And a lot of people have problems with shoulders, which actually, if you have problems with shoulders, it can come down into your arms and your wrists and yeah. your fingers, right? It, that's what it seems with her. It seems to be getting worse. Like it's mm -hmm. spreading, you know. Okay, so here's contribution, um, uh, possible contribution factors. Carrying the weight of the world, holding on to too much strain, stress, and worry, feeling insecure, unsure, frightened, overwhelmed, sad, rejected, distrustful, and discouraged, easily hurt, drooping shoulders, mm -hmm. um, droopy shoulders indicating the lack of joy and fun, seriousness, focusing on the problem rather than the solution. Mm-hmm. And here's something that just brought up in my mind too when you're talking about that. <clears throat> so somebody that's had so much, uh, so many much mistrust in their life. In other words, where you've not been able to trust anybody, or you feel that you're, um, you know, nobody's honest with you, nobody treats you properly, so you can't really trust anybody. Exactly. How, how does one begin to gain trust with people? You know, I mean, I can see why some people get so skeptical that they just don't trust anybody. And it's just very, very hard. You know, I mean, I'm just, I'm just trying to think about, you know, how does one begin to trust? Because some people actually don't deserve our trust in a sense, right? Mm -hmm. But, um, <clears throat> and I think when you go through life, when you don't, you know, when you've been with so many untrustful people, um, you kind of get street smart after a while and you don't just automatically trust people until they earn the trust. Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I get, maybe that's answering my question is that the people that are there have to begin to earn your trust. It's not something in a sense that you have to do. It's something that others have to do, you know, by their actions and everything. And when somebody is being that untrustful kind of person, again, I tell people like they have friends like that. I say, well, maybe that's not really a good friend, you know, I mean, someone that you're with that you can't trust. Uh, it's time time for new friends, you know. Exactly, but I would I would say it start simpler. Start, start what? Start simpler. You okay. have to retrain the nervous system, right? The nervous system has been in PTSD moments with trust, right? Yeah. So going into that, trust. 
okay, I'm going to trust that I can get in the car and get to work on time and safely. Oh, I got there. I'm, I'm safe, right? So I trusted that process. I'm going to trust that I can call up so-and-so and have a good conversation. And this is somebody who you can trust, right? Mm-hmm. It would be like calling you. I could trust that I'm going to have a good conversation, right? Or another friend, I can trust that I'm going to have a good conversation. There might be some stretch and pull in it, but it's going to be a good conversation, right? Mm-hmm. Do those things. I can trust that I can go to this restaurant and have a good meal or a meal, right? Use the word I trust in your language so that your nervous system and your mind gets to know that you're that you're in the moment of using the word trust, right? Mm-hmm. I'm worthy of trusting this process. I'm vulnerable enough to trust this process. So start putting some words in front of it that can help you stretch and pull that understanding, right? Mm-hmm. And then if you're, you're willing to do that, then when you go into, let's say if you're getting into, I don't want to say a rela- uh, some kind of relationship or you're having a conversation with someone and you don't know if you can trust them, <coughs> then talk something, then trust the conversation where it is. So what's the weather like? What are we doing? Where is it going? Um, um, how you been? What are you doing with your life? <coughs> Conversate with things you can trust. Then, if you can, and you go to a second conversation, then give them information that basically you know that if they said something about it, that it wouldn't be hurtful. But it would be just enough that if you knew that in the group of friends that you were, that it would be spread around, right? Mm-hmm. So let's say that that you um, that you uh, maybe um, said, please don't say this, but I really want you to. I just got to share this that you know, um, Joe went out to dinner without me last night. Is that going to make or break anything? Right? Mm-hmm. Joe went out to dinner last night without me. Some people would, and and I was hungry, you know. And then yep. you don't leave anymore, right? So you give information that isn't very heavy in the trust factor, right? And then you wait and see what happens with that. And if nothing gets said, then you know that you can trust maybe just a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's building up the trust. But after, but that 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 last statement is after you trust going to the grocery store, going to um, getting out, having a conversation with a coworker, you know, all these different trust factors, right? That you're building up that trust and using the word trust. I'm vulnerable enough to trust. I'm, you know, all those layers, then you can get to the the deep part of, of the relationship, right? Well, it seems like the biggest trust thing people can have is when you get into a, a difficult situation and to trust that the universe is going to make it okay or that you're going to, you know, like sometimes I've been traveling and broken down out in the middle of nowhere. And it, what's really got me through that a lot of times that I go, okay, I just have to trust. I'm going to figure this out. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to be okay. It's not the end of the world. Well, it seems like it at the moment, but 
when I kind of just let go and trust, it seems like the universe, I mean, <clears throat> I was with a friend that had that happen. He's a, a very dysfunctional friend. He's one of my best friends. Uh, and he just lives by the seat of his pants all the time. I mean, he's everybody called him, you know, crazy, crazy. And he just, I just, I learned so much from him just trusting. I was on a, a crazy thing with him. We end up in the middle of Idaho somewhere, I think, in the middle of the night. And we ran out of gas, you know, because he wasn't responsible enough to, to, oh, I'll make it to the next town, you know. No, we're miles and miles from anywhere in the middle of these old country roads or something. And he, he just smiling still. He said, oh, no problem. You know, I'll just walk to town and or whatever. God will send me something or whatever. So he gets about 200 feet. And all of a sudden, a car comes by in the middle of nowhere, like in Iowa or something. All of a sudden, he him, he's hugging this other guy and stuff like that. He comes back to the car. And he says, well, this is a, my buddy from college, from California. He just happened to be driving down that road. You know, and that guy got him in the car, took, went and got that, brought the gas back, and we were just fine. But, you know, he just... And I've seen that that's just happens to him over and over and over again. It's but that's like, the thing is, I, you know, there's so many times where I use the word, I trust, I trust, I trust. Yeah. And even after 35 years of being with this wonderful man that I'm with, there's sometimes I have to be vulnerable enough to have a conversation with him. Yeah. Because we're embarking on a whole new generation of our relationship, right? Yeah. And I have to say, okay. I'm going to trust being vulnerable here. I'm going to trust being vulnerable here. I'm going to trust yeah. being vulnerable here. And he, in his old personality, would have thrown it in my face. So it's not always safe feeling. Yeah. But we're trusting each other more, and I'm trusting more and more this process. So we're going to have to start trusting somebody. And sometimes it's not herself. Yeah. But that's the thing is I trust that I'm always going to be okay. Right. I'm yeah. always going to be okay. Now, okay might look different to other people, to everybody else differently, but in my world, I'm okay. Yeah. I, I know I've had to trust a lot. I mean, when I was, you know, first became a therapist and Natasha knows the story, but it, it, I just looking back now and I go, well, I don't know if I could do that again, but I guess I, I think I could, but and I decided um, I only wanted to be a, you know, from being a comedian for 30 years and then having to, all of a sudden, now I'm a, a hypnotherapist. That's completely, you know, one side of the thing to the other. Um, and um, I didn't want to get a, if I was going to build a clientele, most therapists have to have other jobs for a while because you don't have enough money coming in. Mm -hmm. So I just decided to give up my apartment and I was just going to, I was single. I said, I'm just going to live in my car, you know, and uh, only do, only do therapy because that's all I wanted to do. And uh, so I'd get a client and then, um, uh, a couple of days later, they'd call me and they go, hey, you, you know, you helped me out of this thing. My sister, but she wants some help, too. But she lives way down in San Diego. You know, she lives, you know, 100 miles or 200 miles away. And I said, OK, you know, so I just just trust that that was happening for a reason. And every time I distrusted there, I tell you, I met the most interesting people It would make an interesting TV show. But people that it just seemed that I was the only one that could have been there f for them that could understand them and could help them with their issue, you know, and some of them were, I thought at the time above my pay grade when I was first starting, but I, after a while with helping them and I realized I'm just right where I'm supposed to be. So I spent eight years doing that. And it was, when I look back, it was the most freeing time of my life. I got my total expenses down to less than a hundred dollars except for food and gas, you know, <laughs> 
they didn't have rent, they didn't have cable to pay, they didn't uh -huh. have all that stuff, you know. And so um, I was able to do sessions for, you know, I did, I ended up doing a lot of free sessions for people that would run into, you know, I ran into someone I was in, in Santa Fe, New Mexico. She had an issue. She was the waitress and it was late at night and, and uh, she just, we started talking. She asked what I did and I told her and she goes, oh my God, I could really use this. So I said, well, I'm just going to be sleeping in my car out here tomorrow. I'll come to your house and help you. So I ended up in this trailer park in the middle of New Mexico doing a session for, you know, she gave me a few bucks, but it was like, you just know it was kind of meant to be. So mm -hmm. exactly. You know, and that's right. the thing is, is that, that, you know, if we, tr if we open up our light and trust and, and, you know, trust that process of who we are. Oh my gosh. You know, we can do that, but you know, going kind of got squirreled off of the body thing here, but well, if, we're say, down to the last couple minutes here. So yeah. well, let's bring it back on there now, because I'm thinking uh, just knowing, in other words, that book will tell you probably what your issues are, but then to get that pain to go away, you have to do something about those issues. In other words, you have to change the way you look at things to change the way that you think or get rid of some of your anger or, or a lot of it has to do with forgiving people and everything. Cause just because someone learns where it goes, doesn't mean it's going to go away. I exactly. Mean, you know, like, like Amanda was saying that she's been doing acupuncture and massages, but it hasn't really been going away. But what, where is your nervous system base? Where is your emotional base? Where is your, um, your um, understanding that, that things can transform. And some of us have had payment and I mean this with love because I've had to, I can, I can hold on to this myself that I had to work through this statement myself. Yeah. Getting payment for being in pain. We've gotten payoff. I know for me, when I was in pain, I didn't have to vacuum. I didn't have to strain noodles. I didn't have to clean the shower. I didn't have to do the heavy shoveling. Right? There was a payoff for being able to sit and do nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. So I had to tell my body, okay, we can't do that anymore. You can't, ha I cannot be paid off for being in pain. Now I can respect my pain. I can respect you being body being in pain, but I'm not going to be getting a payoff for being in pain. And that was part of my transformation was, is that I didn't get the payoff anymore for for being in pain. Now, maybe I waited a couple of days to clean the shower, right? Or mm -hmm. I changed how I clean the shower or I'd wait for certain days to vacuum. I would pre-tell my body, okay, we're going to vacuum, but that's all I'm going to do for the day. Right. Mm -hmm. And my husband being six foot, I would ask him, can you get the ceiling for me? So I didn't have to go over my head. Right. And then I got a vacuum cleaner that can detach. So I, it has a lighter head. So I maneuvered my world around me so that my body didn't get the payoff for being in pain, but I had to acknowledge it, that I had to give it notification, yeah. do it and give it reward for going through it. <clears throat> if I get a chiropractic adjustment, do I go out and do yard work afterwards? No, I give it, I give it the benefit of doubt and I, and I work with it. Now I may do yard work the day after the day after that, but yeah. I, but sometimes I try to do yard work the two or three days beforehand, give myself a break. So I'm not so tight. 
-hmm. And then I go into <laughs> my chiropractor adjustment afterwards. Um, here's one thing. Um, uh, I used, I seem to run into a lot of people that had fibromyalgia, you know, which everybody knows now, but back, <clears throat> back in the nineties, uh, um, they were still coming up with the name for this because so much of the population, especially women, <clears throat> it was hitting mostly, were mm -hmm. having just aching, aches and pains almost everywhere in their body. And um, they, uh, a lot of times they go, the doctors couldn't find anything physically wrong with them. So they were just, they would just give them uh, pills for anxiety or stress or whatever. Mm -hmm. But a doctor who was specialized in fibromyalgia wrote a book and he finally found out, at least for him, that most of his issue, most of the issues with the women recovering fibromyalgia had to do with um, um, issues of forgiveness. In other words, they were holding so much, um, so much, uh, uh, what, I, what I want to call it, so, there was so, so much energy um, of being angry and not in and, and stuff and not forgiving and everything that that showed up in their body so what he would do he would get him with a psychologist and they would start dealing with issues and their fibromyalgia went away so you know that's um anybody out there that's suffering from that you might that might be a clue you know like who you know who in your life are you still holding um negative thoughts about or or anger or you know wish they'd get theirs you know kind of thing and who haven't you forgiven and uh find out that it might uh, might help um, well and too a lot of and and some of the fibromyalgia could be someone who who had like um trauma-induced adhd had what trauma-induced adhd oh, yeah so they're always or and ptsd that that you know you kept running your nervous system was in fear and flight a lot yeah and if your body is in fear and flight a lot your nervous system goes <laughs> you know and the nerves go you know because a couple of people that i knew that came down with fibromyalgia were people who would work you know 60 hour weeks and and they had a perfectionism and they had they couldn't do anything else but and then they were single moms and then they had you know right yeah and i know for me i have a child who is in who has fibromyalgia now thinking, I have to realize that life was life. But I, when I was carrying this child, my mom was coming down with Lou Gehrig's disease. And I just lost my dad three years before that. So I, my nervous system was kind of messed up, right? As I was carrying this child, going through some stress. And then the first year of life was my mom passing away and needing to negotiate a lot of stress. And then, uh, then dad was an alcoholic at that time. So there was a lot of things that my kid was growing up in of uncertainty. And then four years, three years after that, then my uncle came down with Lou Gehrig's disease and, you know, had to go through mom, you know, so the first four years of life, there's key people that were passing away in her life. Right. Yeah. And mom was in a, in a survival mode. Dad was in survival mode, being an alcoholic. Her nervous system was basically smushed by the time she was four years old right yeah and then she had to deal with the stress of being um being you know kind of the the you know my husband wasn't too happy with with family sometimes so you know being the alcoholic and a depressed alcoholic that you know there wasn't the happiness in our family so there again is lack of joy right yeah. 
So I can understand that there's that, but I would look at, yes, non-forgiveness, but why is there no forgiveness or lack of forgiveness? So I know yeah. my kid has a hard time with the things that dad did, the way he was, the way that my kid was talked to, even though I tried to buffer, I couldn't buffer everything. Yeah. Yeah. So we all have to, to, uh, to deal with that. So, um, I guess today we just wanted to make sure people would make that connection that their illnesses usually aren't just illnesses for no reason. You know, um, sometimes illnesses you have, I mean, um, or a lot of times illnesses are just, you know, we cause ourselves to be sick in a way by just the way we're living our lives. So, um, look in your life and just see how, how much uptightness you have, you know, when I, even that's a good word uptight because when you're uptight, you close everything off and your 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 body can't the worker bees that need to go to where they need to go to make your body run optimally can't get to where they're going because all the doors are shut because it's you're constricted you know and so um when we learn to relax and we learn to forgive it just opens those doors uh for people check out on my website on visittheafterlife.com if you go to um traditional therapy i've got some good videos up there on uh tapping uh havening touch uh up there are two two modalities that you can learn really really quickly and they open up your your passageways uh we even have in the video on there you'll see a man that had multiple sclerosis and all he did was this psychological acupuncture for months he went up from being a wheelchair to crutches to j doing jumping jacks you know and that's all that he did and it's uh they couldn't find any any uh traces of ms in his body anymore but it's because by doing the tapping and these points you open up you open up all the meridians all the meridians open up these portals so your body can get in there and do what it's supposed to do you know the body wants to heal and yep. and eddie thank you um for popping in um somebody just made a comment what about uh lifelong depression um, and that's a that's an interesting one because I can tell you that depression is um, a lot of chemical in the body, and what chemical is the body working off of? So sometimes when we get depressed, there's like a dopamine scenario that comes on, and that's the word that's coming to me intuitively. I'm not a doctor by any means, but this is what I'm getting intuitively. And so sometimes when we get that dopamine or that energy, that payoff from an emotion, the body says, oh, it doesn't recognize if this is a good or a bad uh, scenario. It just recognizes that ah, I'm getting something from it, right? Mm -hmm. So I would say, um, Eddie, if you are one that deals with lifelong depression, there's many different scenarios. Either there's something chemically wiring, which we can always rewire our brain. There's some things that are a little bit harder to rewire than not, right? But the body wants to heal. Does depression run in your family? So then is that a DNA thing? Do we have DNA that's depression? Mm -hmm. And then we also have one that's where we've practiced to be depressed. Depressed in our life. So who has depressed you in your life, right? Mm -hmm. And sometimes we have to do things in spite of it. So in spite of what your mind wants to say, what in spite of our emotions that want to have in spite of it. So can you find joyful things in spite of your depression? I'm sorry, I'm going to pleasantly disagree with you. 
and I'm going to, I'm going to dishonor you and I'm going to be happy. Mm -hmm. Right. I'm going to have joyful moments and I'm going to dis, I'm going to disrespect you and I'm going to have depression. You're going to have to take a seat back because I can tell you a lot of us have these emotions that stand in front of us and they, they, they don't let us see anything else. Right. Ask depression to sit down and find ways to get a little bit. Most of us who are depressed do things like um, drink, um, you know, the pot. The, there's a lot of things that we do to have de- that, that creates more of a depressed moment. I can yeah. tell you, I lived with a man, I still live with a man, who has been very depressed. He is becoming less and less depressed because of the fact that he's working on his health. Well, his knees, his D's, his, his intuitions, his, his yeah. understandings, his, his uh, mindset, his, you know, like I used to be able to ask him, what are you grateful for? And he'd go, and now he can tell me five things that he's grateful for in a day. Yeah. Um, there's an institute in Northern California, and I used to know the name of the book, but I haven't thought of it in years and it's not coming to me. And they specialize in depression. And they, they were like the foremost, you know, place to go to if you were clinically depressed. And they found out that almost half of their clients, the reason they were depressed was because of their diet and what they ate. And when they got them to change their diets, the people's depressions went away. Oh, that red, that red dye 40, check in with your drinks. If you're drinking monster drinks or eating yep. Cheetos or any of those kinds of things, they have. Are don't get me off on this yeah. soapbox with a with the government trying to get. To, <laughs> I'm gonna stop now. Well, before I start going off on it, right? <laughs> Who check in with your diet? Thank you for bringing that up. Yeah, that was a big, and they were surprised, you know, and they just said, "Oh my gosh, it's just, you know, we're making ourselves depressed because the chemicals that we're putting in our body are are pulling us down," mm-hmm. you know. How um, many drinks are, are, and that's one thing my husband has stopped is, is a lot of those, um, like the, the pops and the, and the, no, and think, the Gatorade and all those. Yep. Yep. Good yep, stuff. And I'm saying that, and I still like, I had what, uh, two Cokes last week and, um, I hadn't had any in about six months and I, I drank it, you know, again, I went, but I used to have one about every day. You know, so I'm, I'm, I've got to say I'm doing a lot better, you know, that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'll, I'll show you next time. Yesterday, I got the device. I'm looking at it right now. The Monocore device um, that I think I'm, I think I mentioned to you last month. And it finally came in and I'm getting trained on it tonight. And it's I, uh, I messed around with it myself last night a, a bit. Uh, but it's going to take there's so many. I almost feel I have to have a medical background to understand some of the stuff. Um, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. I'll let you know how that, how that, how that goes when I get that training, because uh, that's supposed to be way better than acupuncture because they're doing it with artificial intelligence, which is sending the right frequencies to the organs that it sees that like it'll, mm-hmm. it does a whole scan in like three minutes and it'll show you a diagram of normal what's normal in your in the organs of your body uh-huh. and then it'll show you what's out of balance and then uh, another thing that you do it'll show you what frequencies needed to be to put those things back in balance and then you set you say okay to the liver it needs five minutes of this 
uh, thing and and then your stomach needs you know so many minutes of this and so you just you sit there and it goes from one to the other going to the different organs of your body that um, um, sending the right vibrations to them to open up the passageways so your body can heal itself naturally um, so um, you know we've seen some miracle the people that I you know I told you about their husband got rid of stage four cancer in uh, 10 weeks wow and, the tumor just went away and they couldn't even find a, a cancer cell in his body after that, you know? Wow. So letting the body do what it's, you know, supposed to the be. The body doing. wants to heal if we give it a chance and half of it's staying off of our food, yeah. you know, like the government wanting to have cereal more, uh, more, uh, more valuable than, um, than, than meat and vegetables. Yeah. yeah. Um, so like I said, I'm not going to go off on that book. Um, so depression, uh, let me get to this real quick and then we got to go. 176. So contributing factors, 176 for depression. So this is the book I'm reading out of, um, Eddie, if you're still here. So depression. Uh, where did it start? Where does it start? Depression becomes a mental problem for many people who are overwhelmed by pressures to make ends meet survival in our increasingly complex society. Hopelessness, depression can arise from deep disappointment, betrayal, and loss of loved ones. Failure, mm -hmm. anger, turn inward, an accident or major trauma and physical conditions. Depression can make you feel helpless, um, misguided, confused, um, fatigued, and melancholy. You may feel th that life has lost its meaning. Okay. Uh, you know, too, what he could do, um, I bet you if he just put on Google and you put uh, Google and put foods that make you feel depressed, and look at that list and see if you're eating any of those things, you know, mm -hmm. that are proven to cause depression. I bet you, you know, um, there's something got to be something on that. You know, and, and I talk to my depression and my grief and my emotions like a friend. So what do you want to tell me? And then trust the first thing that comes to you. Talk yeah. to them as friends. Hey, dude, we've come a long ways. You know, you've tried to slow me down on my life purpose here, but yet at the same time, you know, I got to do something. I want to feel valuable. Can we work together on this? And either way, you're going to come along for the ride. So yep. I'm choosing to have a life. I love that. I love that when you do that kind of thing. I've started, you've got me talking to myself more too. And it really helps. It does, you're not crazy when you talk to yourself. So you know, um, one thing I have my clients do, like when they have chronic pain, even in hypnosis, when I put them in hypnosis, I have them make friends with the the pain, you know, like see it as a person and talk to it, you know, and uh, and welcome it and hug it and embrace it, you know, and th just even doing that, a lot of their pain goes away. Yeah, exactly. We push our life away instead of embracing it, saying you're not in charge, but be a part of my team. Yeah. Be a part of who I am. I am depressed. Okay, but what am I going to do about it? So what she says is place your hands on um, parts of your body that you feel depressed and mostly um, breathe mm -hmm. into that area a few moments, allowing the emotions to rise up to the surface with little resistance, right? Yeah. 
Relax your hands. Say divine intelligence using orange red, um, orangish red ray of light sweeping away the all depression, disappointment, dullness, helplessness from your system. Help me find my way out of this heavy, dreary state of re and renew my life force so that I can be and see the brighter side of life fully, joyfully, laughter and fun. Restore my enthusiasm and the thirst of life so that I can contribute to the humanity and give back all the kindness and assistance that I've been blessed with. Thank you. Clear, clear, clear. Yeah. But there's, I think, you know, depression, there's uh, almost everybody suffers from it. Some, oh yeah, I was going to say this end with showing that again there, the secret language of your body by Tina uh, Siegel. Ina Siegel. Okay. And that that should help. Hopefully that'll help people that way too. Okay. Um, so if anybody wants to get a hold of me, I, I got to have something to eat before that I get trained on the monocore here in a little bit. I'm excited about that just to see where that's going to go. Um, you get a hold of me at visittheafterlife.com. Actually, I have a whole new website coming up, uh, Natasha, in about by this time next week. And I had a professional do it. I thought my, my new, I did a new one and I thought it was much better than my other one. But then uh, somebody came along that was a real professional and said, hey, you, you need to do this and this. And so I had to spend a couple thousand dollars, but it looks really good. Uh, it'll be coming up on a, in about a week. Uh, but on there, I have some great videos on the tapping, mm -hmm. uh, a thing that explains hypnosis. Uh, people can see... Um, uh, how valuable the havening touches and how they can learn it. Um, and tea. yeah, on there, some good videos. And then there's some good videos on there on, uh, if anybody out there wants to actually go to the other side to heaven and back for a couple hours through the Newton Institute and our protocol. And we've had seven, over 70,000 successful sessions now. And, you know, it's interesting now because there's people talking about having near death experiences and I almost feel like I, I'm taking the wind out of their sails a bit because I'm going, well, you know, to visit the other side now, we can just you go in trance. Anybody can do it, you know, and, and spend hours there, you know. Mm -hmm. But everybody has their wake up. Everybody has a chance for their wake up. Yeah, that's true. That's true. But it just shows you how the world is changing, Natasha, you know, now. Oh, it is. It is. You, and what about you, Natasha, now? Um How's the, how's your sessions going and stuff? And oh, I'm having I'm having a lot of gifted moments where I'm praying that the the conversation we have and the work we're doing and sometimes I do the DNA past life sessions that can go in and and break through some of these blockages that people have and yeah. and I'm just praying that this world is coming to a better place but you can reach me at angelicclarifications.com okay. i love to support people i also do two to three minute videos um monday through friday to uh just sometimes just a word of just support and sometimes it's you know what are we doing with this like i have i'm gonna do a video on i was making pancakes and i actually <laughs> i actually I poured them all out like this. Yeah. And I ended up getting a, a butterfly. Oh, wow. <laughs> That's a pancake? That's really out of my pancake. 
<laughs> and so I made a video on how you can find inspiration in life. Yeah. Right? And you have to find the simplest, goofiest things. Who would see a butterfly? I would see a butterfly. But at the same time, though, we got it. And then as I ate it, I was like, oh, I'm eating a butterfly, right? Yeah. I'm eating the love of the universe. I'm eating inspiration. I'm because butterflies about transformation coming out of the cocoon. So, Eddie, if you're still watching, think about yourself in a cocoon that you're breaking free. Your wings are breaking free. Sit with you, Amanda, also. You're breaking free, right? You're breaking free of that that moment. And I just want you to remember that we're all loved. So if you want some inspiration, um, please watch Wednesdays at 4 o'clock Pacific time. Uh, I have had, um, there's a, um, a show that I did, I think last week or the week before, where it was on trauma-induced ADHD and PTSD. And it's not necessarily the PTSD that is with people who... Um, who have been raped and stuff, it's that PTSD that like my dyslexia that's been beaten down over and over again, told I was stupid. You know, yeah. why am I, you know, that was PTSD. And so I'm, I'm hoping and praying that this work that I'm doing and the, and the work that, that the universe is asking me to do that I can help people, but you can yeah. find me at Natasha Venter at angelic Uh Last minute to get my um, older prices. The first of March, it's going to go up by $25. And uh, on most of my sessions, uh, and more on the on the on the bundle sessions, uh, and then um, you can find me at Natasha Venter AC. Great, Natasha, that's great. Um, well, I'll see you in uh, in a month. In a month, you're always here the third Sunday of every month. Yeah, it's going to be into March. I will be. Let's see. I'm not sure when the third thing is. Anyway, um, I'm taking another trip to LA. Um, Next month will be my busiest month ever. I already have 10 sessions booked for Life Between Lives. Um, and I got more coming. So it's almost like one every three days. So, oof. Uh, but Good I'm job. A it's the 20th. It's March 20th. Oh, March 20th. Okay. On the 20th, yeah, I will be in L.A. at that time. So uh, wherever I'm at, I might be at Paris. <laughs> so I'm going to drive down there and do that. And uh, <clears throat> you see the bruises on my, on my face? Okay. Uh-huh. I just uh, had a little operation on both sides and uh, it, they said stick some needles in there. And um, so I'm just letting them, letting them go down. It's going to take a little bit. I thought my whole eyes would, when I had a, a hair transplant up here, this is all not transplant, but they took it from the sides of my hair and then they replanted it up here. And uh, the next day I had two big black eyes. You know, <laughs> I had to put so much stuff in there. So anyway, a little well, there. I almost forgot until I looked and I go, when it looks like I got beat up, but the guy had punched me equally on both sides. Bam, bam. <laughs> I love you. Yeah. Well, blessings to you, Regan. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I got to oh, I got I got I'm so, I just had that long session. I got to, uh, at six o'clock, I got to be ready and I got to set up the computer and all that stuff. So, uh, I will see you next month. Yeah. And, and I don't know what we're going to be talking about yet. And I will be live next Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time. Right. Not sure what I'm going to be talking about yet, but please know that everybody is so dearly loved. And this is the time when you wake up in the morning, what are the things that you're thinking of that will help you when you go to bed? What is the last things you're thinking of? Make them more positive than negative. It will make a difference in your realities. That's yeah. a great time to manifest. What do you want in your life? Think about what you can do for yourself. 
It's time to move forward, my dears. You're loved. May the angels yeah. support you in your journey. We'll see you Bye all. Bye now. All right. Bye, Natasha. Bye. See you later.